and and when you when you quiet in voices of your mind and you hear and f- you don't even hear that voice you feel it and you feel that voice in your chest you know there's something you need to do you all you can see is the next step yes you can't see five steps you can't see 10 steps but you just know that you have to take this next step yes. no matter what that's audacity. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to follow us on our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle The Audacious Pod, or if you're watching on YouTube, then you know we've got that bell down below you just tap ding 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 and you're connected to all great things audacious related now the introduction or the practice of yoga into our routines can have all sorts of huge benefits while improving the quality of our lives you know in addition to some of the awesome physical benefits yoga also helps keeps us grounded centered and balanced. I've got my friend Troy Hadid joining us on this edition of the Audacious Living Podcast, all the way from Trinidad and Tobago. And while you, as a, oh, while he is a yoga instructor, uh, and it's one of the things that he's passionate about and does, Troy is much more than that. He's an entrepreneur, he's an author, and he loves helping people deepen their relationship with their mind. Troy and I have an awesome chat, and we just discuss all of those things. So get ready, because my man Troy Hadid is up next on the Audacious Living Podcast. Hey, Troy. Love. For being here. You're hanging out with me on the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you. I I appreciate you uh, for making time. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, same same here, Audley. You know, it's such an honor. And um, I'm really glad to be here. And thanks for doing what you do, you know. And I love the name of the podcast because I have a friend actually, his name is Troy too. Okay. Troy Turi in in Vancouver. And he says, Imagine we had the audacity to be born. You know? It's 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 that that is such a powerful question. Imagine it. Yeah. Because um I truly believe that we all have that audacious spirit within inside of us. Yeah. It's just a matter of waking up, kind of like a human potential, right? We all that yeah. inside of us. We all have this seed that's planted, that's do, that, that's born to do that's can do great things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it needs water, sometimes it needs sunlight, but it needs something to help awaken that. Yeah. And so, um, what I see and what I've always seen here is my mission on this podcast is getting people to identify that something does ex- exist inside of them. We don't always know that. The other thing that we, what oftentimes happens is, you know, people seem to think and get confused with uh, that audacity means you're the the loudest person or, you know, <laughs> come in the room, everyone sees you and you've got the, and you're most gregarious and you're, out, you're the out, extended extrovert person. That's not what it is. You know, being audacious means that you're tapping into yourself and you're being where you're yeah. supposed to be, right? Yeah. You can be an introvert and still be audacious, right? Uh, the, yeah. the, fact that, the fact that we've connected and you, know, you reached out to connect and say that that could be deemed as audacious. Wow, you took a chance, you were bold, you took a risk. I think when we do, when we, when we make those steps, we're making way for all sorts of great things. And so that's really where, where I come from on this and why I do what I do. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so important. And it's an important reminder too, I think, um, you know, I, I was doing a, 
chatting with someone yesterday, and I love to talk about Jesus a lot outside the context of religion. And um, I was um, I was explaining to them that you know they have this narrative of this subtle narrative. Not that I have anything against organized religion, and I, not that we want to go there. But this subtle narrative that, that we're born into sin and we'll never be good enough and we'll never be good enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the greatest teachings of this man called Jesus, whether somebody wants to believe he existed or not, well, I personally don't think Jesus really cares whether you remember his name or not. He just wants you to remember the teachings, right? And I think one of his greatest teachings was that you will do far greater things than I have ever done. Mm. Mm. and that's like yeah that's to acknowledge that he actually taught that comes with a massive responsibility and for me i think that we have these teachers that come into our world to shake us up and tell us to wake up yes it's not about guilting us or shaming us it's about telling us that yo do you know what you're made of Yes. Do you recognize that? You know? You, you know, so I, I, um, uh, the, the late rapper uh, Tupac Shakur, um, he, was, he was revolutionary during his time. And I remember a quote by him, forget what you think about his music, but I remember a quote by him. And he was basically, I'm, I don't know the exact word, but it was, it was to the effect that, you know, I may, not be, I may not be the one that changes the world, but I'm going to be the spark of mind of someone that changes the world. And what really that says is that, you know, we have the obligation to impact other people and and again, right? And whether it be through our words, his music, our actions, we have that ability to impact others. And so um, when you make that reference, I'm not at all comparing Jesus and Tupac. They're not on the same level. I'm not comparison. Well, I argue that Jesus might say they are. Right, Right? because in my eyes, he saw us all as one connected, interconnected web of divine intelligence, right? Um, And I'm going to take that a little bit further, um, oddly, because there's this, um, I love what you're pointing at, and there's an amazing environmentalist, her name is Jane Goodall. Okay, yeah. And she's a lady that worked with the gorillas and stuff. And um, she said something that has always stuck with me. And again, I don't know her words exactly, but it was something like this. She's like, don't ask, can I change the world? That's the wrong question. She said, ask yourself, how are you changing the world? Because whether, whether you change the world or not, that is not actually an option. Yes. That's not an option because everything we do, everything we say, everything we think, everything we put out there is an energetic vibrational exchange that impacts the world around us. Yes. So it's so important that we bring more intention to how we live our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not to think that, uh, there seems to be a, a belief that we are individual islands and we're not connected. And we don't, you know, and I, I'm, or, or you'll hear the expression people talk about, I'm a self-made man. And, you know, you, you, you we're not self-made individuals. No. no. We, we're, we got where we got to, whether we want to recognize it or not, with the help or aid of someone else, whether yeah. directly or indirectly. And yeah. because of that aid and help that we got, I believe it's our obligation to do the same for others. Yeah, yeah. And I think once we can understand that as our starting point, then you know, we can make this world a more audacious place. Yeah. Because we're absolutely. all doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, to me, where, where I talk about it sometimes, well, not talk about it, it is. It's all a matter of conditioning, right? Okay. Everyone, I, I think we have this, this thing I call the identity crisis. Okay. And what that is, it's not optional. We're all in it. But can you be in relationship to it? And the identity crisis is that my name is Troy and this is my body. You are Oli and that is your body. Right. I am from Trinidad. You are Jamaican parents from Toronto. 
I am of light skin, you are of a dark skin. All these of, of narratives of identity that are right. absolute BS. They're meaningless. Yeah, okay. and it all began, imagine, imagine oddly, if you were never given a name. Mm. If you never had a name, or you were never told that your, your body was yours. Yes. Right. No, I, I think, you know, because this is at the very, to me, it's at the very root of everything that is wrong in our world. Because get this, if I connected. Yeah. If I am my body and my name is Troy. Yes. Then what if, if someone agrees with that, if I agree with that, what I'm saying is that when I leave my body, I cease to exist. Mm. That's right. And that's not a narrative I connect to. Right. That's so, so furthermore, just to not go on for hours, but furthermore, what that means is if I believe that, unconsciously, every decision and choice I make is going to have my own self-preservation needs and desires as my priority. And this is the very root of all misalignment in the world, is that we actually see ourselves as individuals. Right. We're not. We're not. not. Yeah. It, it's so crazy, you know? We, 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 we absolutely are connected. And I think as time has gone on, even in my own life, I've recognized that more and more. And, and, and one of the ways that you know is how you're... you're so, I, I, so, here, so here's an example, Troy. You and I are recording this podcast. Someone is going to hear our words. And even if it's just one person, they're going to go, oh, wow. And it's going to change the trajectory of their life in some way, some shape, some form, some fashion. They're going to take something that we're talking about and they're going to apply it to their own lives and make a difference. Yeah. If we weren't connected, that wouldn't be possible. That individual would, be, that individual would say, that's Troy and Audley talking. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. But it does. We are connected. And so I go back to that because it, it is a very significant point. And I'm glad that we sort of started this conversation on that because I think that but when you understand that as your starting point, then everything else sort of falls into place after that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the fact is that, you know, one day our names will be forgotten. Sure. Our names will never be spoken of again. Our achievements will never be spoken of again. Even, even people like Bob Marley, like I can't imagine Bob Marley's name one day ever. Right. No, somebody not knowing who he was. But like sometimes I ask kids, I was like, talk to them about Bob Marley, and they're like, who? I'm like, what do you mean, who? <laughs> and, um, you know, but, but the fact is that one day our names will be forgotten. Sure. But there's a resonance and a vibration. There's a consciousness that we share. Yes. And when, when we share that with someone, it impacts who they are. It changes who they are. And that then changes who they interact with and their interactions. And through that, you know, like Einstein said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It merely changes state. Well, we are energy. How are we impacting the energy around us? Mm. Mm. You know? Wonderful point. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about you a little bit, Troy, because I know although yeah. you're, you're, you're not just a yoga instructor or specialized in practices, the, uh, yoga, you're, you're, you're much more than that. So I wanted you to sort of talk about your pathway and your journey to where you got to this point now, because you're also, you're also an author, too. We'll talk about your book. Yeah, there's yeah. A lot, there's a lot to you more than just a, a guy with a nice smile. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, Adley. You have a pretty nice smile too. I like it, I like it. Um, I, um, I was born in Trinidad. I lived pretty much my whole life in Trinidad. I went to um, university in Florida. I've traveled the world, so I've traveled quite a bit. Um, my father's ancestry is from Syria. Okay. And my mother's ancestry, one or two generations back, is from Ireland. Um, and they were both born in Trinidad. For me, um, you know, I was mentioning to you um, earlier that Trinidad, anybody who knows Trinidadian culture is a complete party culture, right? Sure. It's like 
go go at go at it. Is that normal? You know, I I think all of Trinidad needs an intervention. Is what I say all the time. Um, but especially but, after carnival. Yeah, especially after carnival, which was two days ago. Um, but you know, you asked about me, and I think I've always been sober my entire life. So that has crafted who I am in a lot of ways. You know, um, I did. When I graduated from university, I opened a hemp store, yeah. um, which I'm very clear is not a head shop. This was not a smoke shop. This was a hemp clothing and product store, right? Um, I am an advocate for cannabis sativa and its use in all kinds of ways. Uh, I am not a smoker of cannabis sativa. Um, and then after my hemp store, I ran a hemp store for seven, eight years and was an advocate for cannabis sativa in Trinidad, which I think was a bit ahead of its time, right? That store has been closed about 10, 12 years now, and people still call and they're like, where's his store moved to? I'm like, what? It's store closed 12 years ago. They're like, well, why do you close it? I'll be like, well, because you took 12 years to call and find out where we were. <laughs> I love it. You know, um, and then after that, I started a waste cooking oil recycling business where we collected waste cooking oil, um, processed it and exported it for biofuels to Europe. Okay. And that transition when um, I was already teaching yoga a little bit then, but that transition was so interesting because I, I closed the hemp store and took everything I had to put into this business that was collecting waste cooking oil. And everyone thought I was a complete lunatic. They're yes. like, you're going to collect garbage? I'm like, no, dude, you have no idea. And, and everybody thought it was a bad idea. Nobody right. thought it was a good idea. And um, it was probably the most successful business venture I've stepped into. And a few years later, I sold that business. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to put all my energy and efforts into a yoga studio, yoga, yoga community. I had a lot of land in Trinidad's North Coast allowed me to build a proper house because I lived in pretty much a tree house for about six years. And um, that was falling down. So it's not that I wanted a new house. I kind of didn't have a choice. A choice right. So I figured why not build a house that might last my entire lifetime this time, you know? Um, and I've been teaching yoga for over... 15 years I just finished writing my first book and what's funny is that when I went to university I remember telling my dad I was like first off I was like dad I was like pops I'm not working in the family business so if you don't want to send me to school I understand it's cool and he's like no I'm going to send you to school regardless no pressure I was like cool I was like I want to do writing and philosophy a major in philosophy and writing he's like absolutely not He's like, you're going to do business. Right. So I came back home. I opened a hemp store of all things. Yeah. And um, look at that. 20 years later, after 15 plus years teaching and sharing yoga and Eastern philosophy and tradition, yeah. um, I write a book. Go figure. Right. So, you know, that's, that's where I am now, oddly, in a nutshell. And um, one thing I would say is that I don't like to put a box or a label around myself for what I do, but I would like to believe that whatever I do, my intention is to help us all understand what it means to love one another and help every individual connect to their own unique understanding of God in a deeper way. Understood. No, and, and even as you tell your story, Troy, and, uh, and, and, and share some of your experiences, you know, you can hear that audacious is existing, right? So when everyone's yeah. saying, why are you picking up waste oil as garbage? You're still doing it anyways, right? Yeah. You're still stepping into yourself anyways. And, 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 that's, and, that, and that's what we're talking about, right? And so now you've, you've been able to parlay in a manner that allows you to live your full self by, by yeah. focusing uh, and being able to be more deliberate about focusing on whether yoga, meditation, Eastern practices. And I think that's what we're really we're talking about. Like, what can we do to get ourselves to the place that we're supposed to be in spite of what the rest of the world tells us? And that's yeah. exactly what you did. Yeah, I think, um, I think 
Oddly, I believe they have, how I explain it in my book, funny enough, is I believe they have two voices. Okay. One is the voice of the mind. Yes. Right? And um, I call that the egoic voice, or the voice of the mind. I mean, people call it all kinds of things. But get this. It's not only our voice of the mind that we have to navigate. It's everyone else's. Because all your opinions of society and our family and our friends, yes. they try to tell us who we need to be, what we need to do, and what works and what doesn't work, and Instagram and social media. And everything tells us who we should be and what we should do. And most people gobble it up. Yes. And they don't even realize they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. But then there's another voice. And if we could quiet the voices of the mind, and the social voices of the mind. Yes. There's a voice of the heart. And I think the voice of the heart is tuned to the resonance of God. It's tuned to the frequency of God. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, that's where audacity lives. Yes. And, and when, you, when you quiet the voices of the mind, and you hear, and you don't even hear that voice, you feel it. And you feel that voice in your chest. You know there's something you need to do. You, all you can see is the next step. Yes. You can't see five steps. You can't see ten steps. But you just know that you have to take this next step yes. no matter what. That's audacity. The, 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 the quiet voice, some people call that our gut, our instinct. Yeah. There's all sorts of labels for it, but I yeah. believe it's all one and the same thing. It's that direction that we get that's pointing us. And, and let's be clear here, that it's not just telling us where to go randomly. It knows where we need to go, and it's pointing us in that direction. Yeah. Our own good. Yeah. Right? It's the other voices that you talked about, our, our internal voices, the voices of the world, the opinions of our parents, our friends, our loved ones, our wives, girlfriends, whatever. They're the ones telling us differently. Right. Yeah. And, and, and because we want to, in some instances, we, we want to please, we want to make others happy. We want to be good in their eyes, if you will. So we yeah. don't go against those voices. Yeah. But, but there's times where we absolutely should for our own benefit and we just don't. Yeah. Or, or those voices start to ask, but, but what? But what if this happens? But yeah, what fear. if that happens? But what if? But what if? Yes. The injection right? of fear. The injection yeah. of fear. And the sometimes, yeah, sometimes those fears, sometimes those fears aren't ours, it's theirs. And they're projecting yeah. on us. Yeah, yeah. And um, I always say that the voice of the heart, that audacity, that, that voice of whatever you want to call it, that only asks one thing. How? Mm. It asks how. It just needs you need to do this. How? Yes. That's it. You know, and um, I, was, I was doing a, a keynote the other day and I spoke to them about purpose. Okay. And I pointed to the fact that sometimes we see purpose as a dream or a hope or a vision for our lives. And that's beautiful and all, and that's great. But a vision and a dream is different from a purpose. There's a purpose that lives in each and every moment. Yes. Each and every moment. And that purpose leads you to another moment, which leads you to another moment, which leads you to another moment. And if you only obsess about your vision or your hope, you're going to miss so much of what life has to offer you. So much. Because there is... There is, I want to say, maybe it was Sadhguru who I first heard this from, but he implied that there is an intelligence that dreams bigger than we do. Mm. Our dreams are limited. And what we can dream up for our lives is, is only a mere fraction of what we can actually become if we had the audacity. Wow. Wow. That, that, Troy, that's a powerful statement. It really... It really is a powerful statement and, and one that if we really stop and reflect on, I think most will understand that to be true and recognize yeah. that there is truth to what you're saying. 
Um, so I appreciate you for stating that. Stating that. Um, I want to talk about and, and get you to talk about how uh, mindfulness practices and, and yoga, how how, how uh, uh, that can assist us in that and, and, and getting to this better place that we're sort of referencing or talking about. Oh, absolutely! Great question. Uh, so you know, people have all these conceptions about and stereotypes and perceptions of what yoga and meditation looks like. Okay. Right? And there are many different styles and approaches to yoga and it's been run through this whole Western filter and commercialized and all that stuff. But at the very root of yoga is our relationship to our mind and our relationship to our breath. The two first teachings of yoga, first one, Yoga Sutra 1.1, says yoga is now. Okay. Second teaching says that now. I, I communicate that as being yoga is right now in this moment, right? Okay. The second teaching is yoga is a quieting of the fluctuations of the mind. Okay. Good? Now, for listeners who might not be aware, what yoga actually means is union. Okay. And man, a lot of people would say yoga means to join or to yoke or to bring together. Okay. And somebody would say, all right, well, what are you joining? And then somebody might say light and dark, good and evil, myself with God, whatever. There's no limit to what you're joining, right? Okay. You ever heard of a teacher called Osho? No. He's an old spiritual teacher. There's a crazy, a crazy Netflix series about him. You should watch it. I think okay. it's called Wild Wild West. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he said that um, I, I, don't buy in, I don't buy into everything spiritual teachers and gurus say, but he um, had some really interesting stuff to offer. Okay. And um, I remember reading a description of yoga that he had, which to me was really interesting. He pretty much oddly said, yoga is BS. Okay. In my own words, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said, because you can't join what was never separate. Ah. So his perspective on yoga was that it was, it's more a realization of our interconnectedness than it is a joining, right? Now, you might think I went off topic a little bit, but I haven't. Here's where yoga comes in. Yoga comes in with the mind, first and foremost. Because we have so much people in the world today who have an overactive mind. They're stressed, the mind is overactive, mind is anxious, we have depression, we have everything happening, right? And for the majority of people in our world, you ask them to sit with themselves, they can't. As they want to pull out their cell phone. They want to read a book. That's not what I'm talking about. No. I mean, just sit with, with your, your thoughts. thoughts. With your own thoughts. And that's so scary to people. But, but here's the reality, um, oddly, is that I describe it like an eternal marriage with no separation or divorce. Your mind is your ride or die. You cannot escape it no matter how hard you try. So imagine that you're in an actual relationship with your mind. Your mind is your lover. Yes. And so many times people say, well, I can't meditate. I can't shut my mind up. Well, would you come home and tell your spouse to shut up? Yes. <laughs> no. So why would you try and shut your mind up? It's, it's not, our mind's natural state is to create, right? Yes, absolutely. We don't want to shut the mind up. What we want to do is cultivate a relationship with the mind. And the only way to do that is to spend intimate time, to spend quality time with the mind, yes. right? Now, you might, uh, you might then wonder, all right, well, how cool, great, how does this impact our lives? Well, what happens when the mind is overactive is that we live everywhere but the present moment. Yes, yes. So we live everywhere but our purpose. Yes. 
Yes. We mess up purpose. The only thing that is real in any moment, our mind is always worried, as we all know, about what has happened before, about what happened in the distance, about what Oli is thinking about me as I show up on his podcast, about all these things, right? But when the mind is quiet and you are actually in the present moment, you can see everything around you as an aspect of God, as an aspect of yourself. And that is when you really learn to be present. And that is when you really begin to understand love. Because you begin to dissolve the boundaries of separation. And um, this is what the practice of yoga helps us do. It helps us dissolve these boundaries of separation by deepening our relationship with our minds. Mm. I I can't say enough about the importance of staying present. Like I think that there's so much uh, that can gain from that, learn from that. Uh, we can understand from ourselves. I think I've heard uh, well, they think when they when they talk about so when people are going through depression, they're concerned about the past. But when they're when they go through anxiety, they're worried about the future. But when yeah. you're in the present and you're in the moment and you're allowing the now to happen, right? Allowing yeah. the now to happen. That's where you find pure purpose in those moments. Yeah, and. Um... Spot on. And you know, I, wa- I want to put my finger on this because ever since Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which is absolutely amazing, it's almost like being present and living in the now has become like a cliche, <laughs> a new age spiritual bomb that we just dropped. <clears throat> and it's important to say that there is so much more to actually living and being in present than we think there is. Because it's not as simple as don't think about the past and don't think about the future. That would be really convenient. Sure. But, but get this. So many times I hear people talk about being present, but yet they're carrying all this hurt and pain from their past. All this anger and resentment towards people. All this misunderstanding. And as long as our past is unhealed, yes. it will always impact who we are in the present moment. It will always inhibit who we are. We will be a puppet to it. Yes. We will be a puppet to it. Now, if we are in the process of healing it, then that's enough. We are in relationship to it. It's an ongoing process. Yes. So when it shows up, we can see it. It's right there, yes. Yeah, but you know this this attitude people have sometimes where in Trinidad, it's like, I forget about that long time. That done gone, right? So forget about something and pretend you moved on without actually healing it. That's not actually, that's not actually dealing with it, you know? All you're doing is covering it up, pretending it's not there, allowing it to get bigger and fester. So when something comes to trigger, right or make you aware then it just becomes bigger than the, it becomes bigger than the original problem was in the first place yeah yeah so i just invite people to really look at and ask what is keeping me from being present what is keeping me from living in the moment right because let me um let me just throw this out there oddly if i'm Say, for instance, now for guys who might not have a visual, listeners who might not have a visual, you heard me say before, I am of light skin or layers of dark skin. Yes. If when I first signed on to this podcast, I had no idea. I just knew I was coming to do an interview with this guy called Oddly, right? And I have this narrative of me that tells me, well, this is black and this is white and this is Asian and this is blah, 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 blah. Right. And I come on to this podcast. And if the first thing in my head is, or at least a black guy, I'm not present. Because what I've seen is a narrative attached to race. I haven't really seen oddly. Right. That's right. I haven't really seen oddly. What I saw when I first came out, came on this show was like, look at that guy smile, dude. He's a happy guy. Right. 
That's the first thing I saw, right? right? Because I was present with who Audley was. And I just use that example because there's so many ways in which the narratives we carry and the narratives we've been told and we never questioned inhibit us from actually being present. Mm. You know? Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. I think the yeah. power, again, the power of the now that we've been talking about the last few minutes here, it is significant, it is impactful, it does matter. Um, I think something else that has our ability to impact the now is, 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 is challenges and past situations. And, 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 and I want to spend some time talking about how, how obstacles or, or tribulations or trials, how they can actually be good for us. And helping yeah. us form us and direct us and because everything I, I think if we frame in a session of <laughs> everything has its purpose as to why it happened, it will yeah. make sense why you're dealing with what you're dealing through for that moment. As opposed to what a lot of people kind of do is they run from the moment or they try to escape it or they try to yeah. get back against it, as opposed to an acceptance of what's happening. Oh, that's such a great question, you know especially in Trinidad, we have such a culture of numbing and avoidance. <laughs> um, but I think it's everywhere in the world, it's, it's happening now, but- I think they use rum punch for the numbing part. <laughs> yeah, all kind of, everything now, now in, it's everything is happening here, everything. Um, but I often view human experience oddly as a curriculum. It's like school. I believe, you know, like people, I'm sure a lot of people can relate that we are spiritual beings who have come into human experience, right? Imagine that we have a curriculum. Each one of us has a very different and separate curriculum to walk. Now get this, my mistakes may be part of your curriculum. Sometimes our mistakes and flaws, we really get down on ourselves for, and we tell ourselves, I should have known better. And we start to beat ourselves up and we want to know, well, what came over us? Well, we were just playing our role sometimes. Sometimes, I know I talk a lot about God. So I want to make clear that when I talk about God, I talk about your understanding of God, whoever's listening, whatever that means to them. But sometimes... Sometimes God just needs to intervene and make us do really stupid stuff. (laughs) Because sometimes my mistakes may be there to teach me how to deal with guilt and shame, but it may teach you how to deal with, how to understand compassion, forgiveness, understanding. And it's all this intimate dance. And I also wanted to say earlier when we were talking about, you know, that God, that intuition, that voice of your heart, right? That knowing, that voice doesn't only lead you into flowers and rainbows and fields of berries and butterflies. Sometimes that voice will intentionally lead you into a situation where it knows you're going to be brought to your knees. Because that's just what you need to experience. Good. And um, I think oddly, you know, it all comes back to, to me, the identity crisis. Mm. Because if, if I think that I am my body, then anything that happens to me in my body that I deem as a threat or unpleasant, I am going to label it as bad. Yes. But suppose this body is just like an outfit I'm wearing right now for the next 60 years, maybe a hundred years, who knows? But um, suppose it's just an outfit and that sure, I might spill coffee on it, but I get to change my clothes in 60 years, right? So it's like, it's all about understanding that everything that is attached to our physical form and what we think our identity to be is temporary, all of it. Yes. All of it. And we say things like this, but are we connecting the dots? Are we really connecting the dots? Is a big question to ask, you know? It's a very big question to ask. And <laughs> I think that forces us to take a step back and understand what is happening and why it's happening. 
because yeah. there is a purpose for these situations that we go through. And I heard an expression the other day, and I'm glad you sort of talked about uh, um, you know, our trials and tribulations, how they can help others. I saw something that, that said, you know, my, my survival guide can be your handbook, right? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it is. I've gone through this experience. I've, I've, I had a good friend that went through a very difficult time and he was trying to figure some stuff out. And because I had gone through the same thing, I was like, yeah, here's what you do, right? Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I'm saving him the learning curve, right? Yeah. His understanding. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if not only did I experience it, but got through it. So there's yeah. two parts of what we're talking about here. Not just bad things happen to you. Is when bad things happen to you or the perceived bad things happen to you, what do you do? Do you yeah. roll and roll a little ball and you curl up and say, oh, my world is over? Or do you proceed and go through that? The proceed yeah. and go through that is a part I like because then I can take that and go, hey, Troy, here's what you do next time this happens. Because I yeah. That's, yeah. really, that's really gift in these challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, um, you know, sometimes we talk about hope and faith, mm. oddly. Yes. And um, those are two, they're both really beautiful things. Yes. And they're both on the same team. Yes. But they are not the same. No. They are not in any way the same. I will go as far as to say that hope is actually an absence of faith. Mm. Mm. You see, hope implies doubt. Yes, yes. Hope yes. implies uncertainty. Yes, yes. Faith. And it's important to say that this is not religious faith. No, no, no. Faith. No, no, no. This is faith that you are part of something bigger, whatever that something bigger is. Faith knows that even if things don't happen as we hoped or as we planned, even if we are dragged through mud yes. and we eat crap, faith knows that on the other side of it all, there is some intelligence, there is a purpose, there's a plan that right. we don't yet understand. That's what faith is. Yes. And hope and faith are not in any way the same thing. They are very different. I, I always, in, in my mind, I've always framed them as once one is a belief and one is a knowing or wishing. And yeah, knowing, right. Yeah. And they yeah. are two entirely different things. And so when you look at where you choose to live, you choose to live in hope or you choose to live in faith, right? Yeah. If you choose to live in faith, then you know things will be brighter on the other side. So, for example, uh, I talk to people oftentimes about adversity. Right. Yeah. And the importance of outlasting adversity, because on the other side of that adversity is where the bountiful greatness lies. The things that, that you are entitled to that in store for you, that you are deserving of, they're on the yeah. other side of adversity. But you have to outlast adversity to get there. Right. Yeah. And, you're, and the faith will do that. The hope, yeah. nah, not so much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to hope. hope no, is, no, 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 no. Hope, let's say it this way hope is okay for beginners. <laughs> you know? So hope is cool. Hope is when it begins, right? Never but, hope. Yeah. But if, you know, you hope about things to me that aren't really so important, maybe. Right. But um, faith is what you use if you really want to be audacious. You can't be audacious without faith. That's it. That's yeah. it. I like yeah. that. I like I like that full circle. That's that's real yeah. Yeah. audacity. Um let's talk I got about your back. Your... I got your back. I, I know I I, I know. Yeah. I definitely if there's anything I know, I have faith that you have my back. Yeah. Um uh, let's talk about was it your, your book Popcorns in Popcorns in my pocket, uh in, in, uh, an insightful reflections for a better you. And a better world, that Troy is a mouthful. But talk about yeah. that. But you know what's funny, oddly? What's that? My editor um, came to me. It's now with a final edit, final editor. And she's not a first person to see this. A lot of published authors, friends of mine, have said, Yeah, we love your book. We love your book. It's amazing. Your teachings, your writing, everything. We love yeah. it. Yeah. But it names too flowery, like it, it carries such such depth and life-altering substance. It's right. like you gotta change and the editor called me and she's like, yo, I think we gotta change the name of this book. I was like, ah, 
So the name of the book might change, but it is coming out this year. Gotcha. Um, but I will explain why I chose that name, right? Because it does yeah. tell a lot about the book. Um, first of all, I was 20 years old. I put my hand in my pocket. I was with my girlfriend at the time, and we used to go to movies a lot. Yeah. And I pulled out some old popcorn, and I ate it. And I said the words, popcorn in my pocket is going to be the name of my first book. Oh. And look, look, 20 years later, maybe nice. it won't be the name of Facebook, but it might. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I might fight for it. But the analogy I use might tell you a little bit about what a book is, right? I feel that we have all these teachings and insights and philosophies and all this stuff floating around and being thrown around it will now, right? On social media, we repost, we share, we read, we talk, we go on podcasts. These are, this is the popcorn. Popcorn is spiritual teachings and insights. Mm. And every individual has their own spiritual pocket. Yes. But the only time you really come to understand a teaching is when you embody it and experience it for yourself. And I feel like what's happening now is we're throwing around everyone else's popcorn. And we're not connecting the dots. We're not asking a question, how does this apply to my life? Right. We're looking at our life and we're pointing at specific areas and we're saying, look, I do that here. I'll do that here. But where are you not doing that? That is a question. Right. So, so what this book does is I share um, these teachings and insights and philosophies and perspectives along with stories from my own life and my own experiences that, that show how I either embodied or did not embody these teachings. And then I flip it on a reader and I ask them to look at their lives just with a few questions, just to help them connect some dots so they can begin to understand how this might show up in their life. So that is popcorn in my pocket. It may be called something else, but one thing for sure, anybody listening should follow me at troyhadi.com, join my newsletter, join my mailing list, follow me on Instagram, and yeah. you will get the very first updates on when that book comes out. Good. Good. We'll make sure, Troy, that uh, we'll, we'll include that information, how people can connect with you uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that way, absolutely. Whatever the book is called, uh, you know, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll know what that is. And if the title, yeah. changes, the title changes, if it doesn't, then popcorn in my pocket is so be it. <laughs> yeah. And I will, I will also say that if they join my newsletter, they do yeah. get access to a few, some free online content, online meditation, yoga classes, lectures. Yeah. And I'll go a step further, oddly, and say I do do private sessions, be it sure. breathwork or yoga or coaching or whatever. Yeah. And um, if anybody has a show and they reach out to me and they say Audley's name, you're going to get 15% off. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate you extending that to the listeners. Um, yeah. Wonderful gesture. And I also appreciate you, Troy, for, for being here. This has been a, de a delightful conversation. Uh, very insightful. Uh, you know, we're, we're very much in tune with, 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 with one another's thoughts and principles, and that's what made the conversation easy and delightful. So yeah. I want to thank you for that. I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I encourage you to, to keep doing your part, and, and I'll keep doing mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. And all I have to say, you know, and I'm saying this for listeners, because if you tune into all these podcasts, I want to invite you to keep doing it, because we had very limited conversation before this. Very limited. Yeah. And yeah. from a second, I actually thought Audley was, had forgotten me because it was like a minute or two late on my <laughs> clock. And the second he showed up, I felt like we were family. I felt like I was home. And um, when somebody can bring that kind of energy off a bat, this is somebody you want to be in, in tune with and in sync with. So Audley, I want to say thank you, brother. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for having standing. Thank you and be well, my friend. Yeah, you too. Love. Yeah.
Back we are here on the podcast, and I want to extend my thanks and appreciation to Troy for, for being here and really opening up our understanding uh, to the practice of yoga and the significance of being present. You know, we're, we're not obsessing over the past and depressing ourselves, nor are we mulling over the future and making ourselves anxious. We're staying present in the moment, enjoying everything and everyone around us. So again, Troy, thanks for that awesome lesson. You know, when I think back to the conversation that Troy and I just had, I really appreciate so much of what he had to say. But if there's just one thing that I would take from our chat, it would have to be this. It was Buddha who once said, be where you are, otherwise you will miss your life. And there's so much truth to that. The remaining focus on the now and being present to enjoy the moment is a powerful way for all of us to live our lives. Doing so comes with two awesome benefits. First, you're actually able to enjoy life more. You pay attention to the small things and you're able to notice simple pleasures that emerge from your moment-by-moment -moment experiences that we often sometimes miss because we're unconscious at the moment or maybe we're just distracted. The second benefit is that we become more effective in dealing with all the things life throws our way. No matter how out of control your day is, no matter how stressful your job is or life becomes, the act of being present can almost be like an oasis. You know, it can, it can change your life and it's incredibly simple. Whether we're trying to be a better leader or a better person, the ability to assess and evaluate where we're at versus where you want to be is key to our overall self-improvement. It's something you do not only for the benefit for yourself, but those around you. And that is how reigning present and staying in the now can make an audacious difference in your life. We've sadly come to an end of another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to our awesome listeners, all those lovers of audaciousness for their ongoing tremendous support. We can't say and thank you enough. I really is appreciated. You folks are what keeps this thing going. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.